Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. I asked you to turn to the book of Joshua and I told you to turn there not just because it's, you know, I like the name. It's a pretty good name. Um, I'm partial toward it. But because it's it's one of my favorite books and there's a there's a principle in these passages that we're going to read that has challenged me uh, and encouraged me as well. And I would like to be an encouragement to you. And uh, before we read, I would like to ask you a question that I think I already know the answer to. Um, I mean, if I was in New York City, if I was in California, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I wouldn't already know how you're going to respond. But I have a pretty good idea how you would react to this. So what do you think about participation trophies? Everybody is a winner. Everybody gets a trophy. We're giving a a, a trophy just for participating. How many like that idea? How many would, I already see in your face, you're already, you're, you're wagging your head, no. You're looking at people, you're like, you know. you know, we don't like that concept in sports. You know, everybody wins a prize. It's just, just, for, just for participating, you're going to get a prize. But yet, in the Christian life, as individuals and as churches, I see that attitude prevail. Um, where they're not playing to win. Where we're not playing to win. Um, and I, so I want, this passage is going to be, you know, about the people of Israel, but there's going to be applications to us as churches and as individual members in churches that would challenge that idea of just a participation trophy and not playing to win. Uh, God is keeping score. You know that idea of, oh, we won't even keep score. I mean, I, I used to play football and I wanted to know what the score was. I wanted to, you know, I, I was so competitive uh, that even in practices, I had to, every sprint or every warm-up lap, every warm-up lap, I wanted to be the first to, to complete the lap. Every sprint that we did at the end of practice or beginning of practice, I wanted to win that sprint. So I'm naturally competitive, so it kind of riles me up to think that we just wouldn't you know, play to win and we wouldn't keep score with the Christian uh, mandate that we have, the mission that God has given us. So there's some things in this, these passages in the book of Joshua that we're going to read that are really going to drive at that concept. Um, so let me um, just lay the groundwork as far as the book of Joshua and these passages that we're going to look at. And really the heart of the passage that we're going to look at is in, uh, in the section of Joshua that you might um, cast off as the boring part. You know, People like the first part 
and I can see it. And in fact, I should have brought the panorama out with me, but I can see it. The first section is in blue. I can see it right here too. Uh, that's cheating. Uh, but the, the, you know, the, they're crossing the river, and that's exciting because there's spies and there's 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 cool things that happen there. And then the next section of the book is they're conquering the land, and that's exciting because there's war and there's betrayal and deceit, and and that's exciting to read. And the, you know battles and that's fun. But then you get to chapter 13 and you get where they're dividing the inheritance and there's a lot of lists and a lot of charts and there's land surveys and names of cities and names of towns and suburbs of these places. And, and you know, we get a little bit bogged down. I think sometimes we miss some of the big ideas in there. Uh, and then the last part we like too because it's where God is challenging their fidelity. We like that part. But I want to start here in chapter 1, and then we'll work our way into the section in the middle of chapter 13. So to, uh, to just be in context, you know, this, the people of Israel are now ready uh, to cross the river. They're going to possess the land of Canaan. This was a land that was very special. And I, and I want to just preface everything by saying, please stay with me. You know, you, you guys don't know me um, you know, you've never heard me speak before, so I, I'm asking you to trust me that we're going somewhere with this, okay? Uh, I don't want you to get bored or bogged down when we read passages that have some names in them and some places. I, I want you to stay with me, okay? Uh, so I promise you we're going somewhere, and I would ask that you just stay with me. In fact, on that note, why don't we just pray right now that the Lord would speak to us and that he would enlighten the scriptures uh, and give us exactly what we need. Would you pray with me as I pray that the Lord would bless the reading and the, and the preaching of his word? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you and we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the light of salvation, that you've given us a home in heaven, that you've been merciful to us, that you've given us grace. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand our responsibility, help us to go about the mission that you've given to us with fervency uh, and with the gusto that it deserves. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not um, just accept a lackadaisical or a lazy style of Christianity. I pray that you would help us uh, to put forth the effort that your great work deserves. I pray that you would bless the reading of your word and bless uh, just the, the sharing of these passages, Lord, in a way that would do wonders and have a true impact on this body of believers here. We ask these things in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to read this first part, this first passage. You're very, most, most of you will be very familiar with this. Um, oftentimes, it, it, you know, and we're going to read a very quoted verse in the middle of this, uh, but oftentimes that verse is quoted in a very selfish and egocentric kind of way. Uh, forgetting the mission that God had given to his people. So let's read through this, but um, maybe read through it and, and, and listen with ears that are, are, are ready to hear, as opposed to just, oh, I've heard this before. Let's, let's, let's think about what we're reading, okay? So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. 
Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So we hear some words in there that really pop out to us. We hear words like success and prosper, and that tickles our ears, and we think, oh man, yeah, I want to be successful, I want to be prosperous. Who doesn't want to have success and, and prosper and win? But this passage is not in the context of our own personal success, our own personal goals, and, and winning in our life and in our endeavors. It is in regard, the success here. The prosperity mentioned here is in regards to the mission, the command that God has given. God commanded Joshua to lead this people in and to not only conquer it, but to divide for an inheritance. Now, I want to say right off the bat that this, this land is not just any land. This is a special land. This is, this is the promised land. This is the land that God promised to Abraham, the land of Canaan, that he would make you know, many nations out of him, but that in him would all the families of the earth be blessed. This is that land where the Messiah would come. This is the land where Jesus Christ would come to this earth and he would live a perfect life, do many miracles and good works, and, and, and prove that he is the Son of God, die on the cross, uh, be, you know, be beaten and, and, and sacrifice himself. But he, he, he died and he rose again and he ascended to heaven from this land. And this is, this is the land from which salvation, the message of salvation poured through. And do you think about how smart God is? This land is not just any place. It is in a land bridge strategically positioned and a land bridge between three continents, Europe, Asia, Africa, and there's two major highways that run through it. In the Old Testament, they were to have the tabernacle and the temple that people would see as they're traveling and would recognize that there is one true and living God. And they would see how the people are different. They would see the laws that they have. And they would see that people are different. They would be a witness to the world from that static location. But then the, the, when the gospel went forth and after the resurrection of our Savior, he sent forth the disciples and commanded them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And it's from that launching point of Jerusalem, from that place that the gospel would go to the ends of the earth and how it got to you through that land. Okay, so this isn't just any land that we're talking about. This is the promised land. It's very important. And God gave them a command very clearly. I want you to go in and possess this land. I want you to divide it up for an inheritance. You see, Christ wouldn't come for more than a thousand years after this point. So this nation that started with Abraham, 
and uh, they what, had 70 people when they got to Egypt. The family was 70 people, and then expanded to when they left Egypt uh, to 2 million people, over 600,000 men of, of, of war age. Th- this, this was to be a mighty nation that would last. And, you know, it's hard to last when there's wars and there's battles and you're a tiny little tribe and you're not really a country. And so God was preparing this land. He was having them to go into this land so that they would be, he would be fulfilling his word uh, and his promises to his people and to all the earth because this was going to be a thriving nation. And so they had to divide up with the different tribes. They had to possess this land. God gave them a command to divide it for an inheritance. Okay, so then what happens? They conquer the land. You know the story with Jericho. The walls, I I heard that song ever since I was a little kid because, you know, Joshua, you know, fit the battle of Jericho. Uh, You know, the walls came tumbling down. I always liked that. Uh, But, and you know about Ai and, and, and what happened there but but eventually they got back on track and they were able to conquer these nations okay that's great fast forward to chapter 13 many years have passed and now i love how <laughs> i love how blunt the bible can be sometimes um read with me or i'll read it but look with me in chapter 13 verse 1 okay So chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This is the land that yet remaineth, all the borders of the Philistines, and all Geshurai, from Sihor. And he goes on and he lists these places. And he, you know, from the south in verse 5, and the land of the Giblites. If we skip down in the middle of verse 6, after he lists all those places and those people that are represented there, he says, Then will I drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide thou it by lot unto the Israelites for an inheritance, as I have commanded thee. Now therefore divide this land for an inheritance unto the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh, with whom the Reubenites and the Gadites have received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond Jordan eastward, even even as Moses the servant of the Lord gave them, and he lists all that area that had been given to those three tribes, or two and a half tribes, if you look at it that way. On the other side of the River Jordan, they had already been given their land, but they were to go and fight with the others, conquer that, and then go back and possess their land. So I, when I said God was blunt, I mean, the Bible said Joshua was old. He was stricken in years. I don't know exactly what age he was, but he was old guy, and God just flat out told him, Joshua, Thou art old and stricken in years. You're getting old. Really what he was saying is, hey, a lot of time has passed and you haven't followed through with the command that I gave you. He's saying a lot, because he says, he says, uh, there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. He's saying, Joshua, the people of Israel, okay, a lot of time has passed, but you haven't made any progress on my command there remaineth there there there's left over there there remains a whole lot of land that is to be possessed and so what we see here is that god follows through on his command and i i want you to understand you know we're we're talking about 
the commands to his people and to Joshua in that day of Israel. They were to go in and physically possess a you know, physical land, a territory. Uh, our mission today, you're very aware, or should be very aware, that it is the Great Commission. It's world evangelism. It is getting the gospel to every creature, to every nation. It is making disciples of all nations. It is, it is witnessing in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth, it is, it is getting that gospel message, that witness of salvation published throughout all peoples and all languages. And Joshua here, um, God says, hey, a lot of time has passed and there's a lot of work left to do. And he even, he rem- as I, have you ever said, have you, like I told you to do? I mean, have you ever with kids, you know, it's like, you need to do this, like I told you, like I said. God puts that in there. Look at uh, in the middle of verse 6. Then will I drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide thou it by lot unto the Israelites for an inheritance, as I have commanded thee. That's that command that we saw in chapter 1. God already commanded it. And he's saying, hey, it's time to follow through. God expects follow through. He expects us to follow through with his, the command that he gives. Now, so what happens here is they've already given the two and a half tribes. That's already been uh, divided up. What's left then uh, is nine and a half tribes. I'll help you with the math there. Twelve minus two and a half. Um, I could be mean and ask the audience, but I, I've already done the math for you. So, um, but so so there's a lot of left, work left to do, right? I mean, think about that. If you if you got a two and a half out of twelve on a quiz, what kind of grade would that be? I mean, that's horrible. You know, you'd almost be better to get a zero than to get two and a half points. You know. So what he does is he reviews the land, okay? And he, he, he said, okay, so this was given in verse 15. You know, Moses gave unto the tribe of the children of Reuben inheritance according to their families, and it lists their coast and the borders. And so it's, this is a review. This is what, so what, what, he, what he does is say, okay, there's, there's a lot of work left to do. A lot of time has passed, and there's a lot of work left to do. I have commanded you, and I'm expecting you to follow through with what I've given you a command to do. Here's what has already been done. And so he lists, uh, you know, Reuben the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh. And then, then now we can break new ground. Now we can advance. Now let's talk about what needs to happen after this. And so in chapter 14, they begin um, listing the, the, the tribes of Judah. So chapter 15, verse 1, this then was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah by their families. And it lists all these borders and, and, and these land features and... Um, you know, I, do we have any survey people that work on surveys and land? You, you know, you'd probably this would probably be your you know your life passage these these passages right here, but not very many people like reading through all the borders and the, the, all those kind of things. A geographic report, but he lists in verse twenty one all these cities. This uh, verse twenty, this is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families, and the uttermost cities. And there's Kabziel and Edgar and Jagger, and there's twenty nine cities there, and there's fourteen cities with their villages there, and. You know, if you were seeing this the way I see it, then, you know, the chart would make a lot of sense. And in the mountains, you've got these cities, and in the valley, you've got these cities. Um, so he lists, he lists in great detail all these cities, and this is, this, they're adding ground. Amen. We're making progress. Then uh, chapter 16, and the lot of the children of Joseph, okay, and it lists their borders there. 
uh, you know, and Joseph includes Ephraim and the other half-tribe in Manasseh. So we've made some progress. We started out with two and a half tribes, and we've added two and a half more. So how many do we have? I heard it very weak, not very much confidence there. How much? How many? Five. Good. Um, some of you are looking at other people's paper there. Uh, what answer did you get? All right. All right, so, okay, so five out of 12, how's that doing? Yeah, yeah, we still have seven more to go. That's not even half. So what's our grade? Yeah, I mean, we're not even 50% yet. What, what I'm, in, <laughs> the connection is obvious to me, but it may not be obvious to you where I'm going with this, but God is keeping score. And if God is so detailed to preserve in his word for all eternity these names of this city and that feature and that suburb and that river and that mountain, if he is so detailed with how he is keeping track of how they have followed through with the command to possess the physical land of Canaan, how much more is he concerned with the souls of men that he has commissioned us to go and reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How much more does he care about the souls and the, 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 the people that he has commanded us to go and to reach? You think he, I mean, he's keeping track. If he's keeping track and keeping score of how they progressed with following through his command with the land, how much more is he keeping track and keeping score with what we have accomplished with the command and the time that he's given to us? And this continues, you know, they've, they've, they've done, okay, so they, they've added that, they've added five, but that's nowhere near the goal, that's nowhere near what needs to happen. So look what happens in chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse 1, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them, and there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? Can can we just stop there for a second? Joshua said, he gathered everyone together, he said, Okay, we've made some progress but there's seven left over. There's seven to do. They've only done five. All this time has passed. And he says, how long are ye slack to go to possess the land? Slack. You've heard the term slacker before, haven't you? What kind of image does that bring up? A real workaholic? Oh, a lazy guy, uh, someone who's not putting forth the effort, someone who's just sliding by, just coasting, doing the bare minimum to get by. Someone who is, it, 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 you know, the opposite of it would be someone who is a hard worker, someone who's diligent, someone who's putting forth all the effort, all the, the energy into it. But Joshua called out the people and said, how long are you going to be slack? How long are you going to be lazy concerning this work that God has given us to follow through with. Now, Joshua didn't just beat them up, and that's not what I intend to do tonight with you. Um, 
may come across that way, and if it does, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm trying to go for. Joshua gave them practical things, steps forward. Look, look, we'll read the rest of what he says. So he, he's, he's, he called out the people for their laziness, but then he, he gives them a plan. He gives them a, um, a way to go forward. Verse 3, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess a land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them. And they shall come again to me, and they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall abide in their coast on the south, and the house of Joseph shall abide in their coast on the north. Ye shall therefore describe the land into seven parts, and bring the description hither to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord our God." But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. And Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. And the men arose and went away, and Joshua charged them that went to describe the land, saying, Go and walk through the land and describe it, and come again to me, that I may here cast lots for you before the Lord in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by cities into seven parts in a book, and came again to Joshua to the host at Shiloh. And Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land into the children, unto the children of Israel according to their divisions. And what you have, so he, Joshua says, okay, hey, you, how, how long are you going to be lazy about this? Let's, let's move forward. Here's what we need to do. There's seven tribes left. Let's break into seven groups, and we're going to have three men in each group, and you're going to go out and you're going to do a land survey. You're going to describe all the land that's left, and then... So you'll find those natural divisions that, uh, to, to, to divide up that land. And then we will cast lots so there's fairness uh, and not favoritism with the tribes. We're going to cast lots. And so we're going you know, to kind of pull your number, your, your tribe, and you'll go with this lot and you'll go with that lot. And so that's what they do. And really the rest of this section is just, you know, verse 11 says, And the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin. And then there are a list of their borders uh, and then a list of their cities. This, the, the end of chapter 18 ends with, this is the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. And chapter 19, verse 1, and the second lot came forth to Simeon. List their cities. They don't have borders because they had cities inside of the tribe of Judah. Uh, verse 10, and the third lot came up for the children of Zebulun. And list their borders and list 12 cities there. And these cities, what, say, why is this important? Well, out of that, the cities of refuge came, which a picture of Christ. Uh, out of that, you had the, the 48 cities that were given to the Levites, and the Levites were the, 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 you know, the priesthood and also you know, forerunner of, of, of Christ to come. But you know, verse 17, and the fourth lot came out to Issachar, list their uh, religious cities there. And then you have, um, we're in chapter, what chapter are we in? 19 still. Chapter 19. Uh, you have in verse 24, and the fifth lot came out of the tribe of the children of Asher. Lists some borders, lists cities there. Chapter, or verse 32, the sixth lot came out of the children of Naphtali. Lists coasts, borders, and outgoings, and, and, and fenced cities, 19 cities there. Chapter, or verse 40, and the seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan. Lists their cities, and says this, this is the... Uh, you know, this is the tribe of Dan. This is their inheritance. Verse 49, when they had made an end of dividing, this is chapter 19, verse 49. When they, made, when they had made an end of dividing the land for an inheritance 
by their coast. The children of Israel gave an inheritance to Joshua, the son of Nun, among them. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked, even Timnath, Sirah, and Mount Ephraim. And he built the city and dwelt therein. These are the inheritance which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided for an inheritance by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So they made an end of dividing the country. So they followed through and they, they made an end of it. They brought it to a conclusion. They followed through and actually accomplished the mission that God gave them. I, I want to make a parallel. I already mentioned that we don't, we don't have a physical land to conquest. That's not our job. But our job is, as we know, the Great Commission is given in various parts. In Matthew, and that's the, the verse that's on the map out there, it talks about teaching uh, you know, all nations, baptizing all, you know, all nations. So all nations, that, those would be groups of people not just geopolitical groups, but to, to teach all nations would be every ethnic group inside of every country. So let me ask you a question. Because, and, and, and thinking along with what we've seen, and, okay, when I'm talking about parallels, okay, they were given a command. God followed up with this. Hey, how, <laughs> a lot of time has passed. You haven't followed through. Then Joshua came in later after they did a little bit of work, but it wasn't nearly the pace that they needed to be going at. And so he says, hey, how long are you going to be lazy about this? How long are you going to be slack? And so they review what had already been done. Hey, this is, this is the, the goal that we've been given is this. Okay, this is what has been accomplished. We add a little bit more, but look at the gulf between this and that. They're keeping score. They're, they're detailing every piece of land. They're detailing every, uh, you know, every aspect of the chore, that they, the task that they've been given. And... They, they were challenged, and then they followed through, and they actually completed. And they had an organized plan at the end where, hey, okay, this is how we're going to divide it up. This is what we're going to do. So I'm trying to make a parallel between the command that you and I have been given. That command has been given in different parts. The Great Commission, the, so we're talking about Matthew, to go and teach all nations. So I would ask you, as a follow-up, keeping score, have we taught all nations? Are there some people groups that have been left out? Does anyone know? What do you think? Have we, have we covered all nations, or are there some nations that are yet to cover? I know the answer. I'm, I'm wondering how many people are keeping score. Okay. What about... Ooh, Mark. What did Christ say in Mark chapter 16, verse 15? I bet someone can quote it. Speak up. Well, no, that's Matthew. We just mentioned that. Mark talks about to preach the gospel. And then what does it say? To every creature. And when it's talking about creatures, it's talking about people. Um, I'll ask you a question. Have we reached... You know what? Let's forget about the whole world. Let's just talk about... Kettering, Dayton, has every person in this city or just, just this neighborhood, has every person been witness to and received a, a, a gospel presentation of some sort, either through literature or through a personal presentation of the gospel verbally? Yeah. This is not 
the same generation that a lot of people grew up with, where everyone hears about the Bible and hears about God and goes to church on Sundays for Sunday school. This is not the same country. There are people in this area who have not heard the gospel. There are individuals that have. Okay, what about, what about Acts? Acts tells us, Christ said to, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we just talked about there are individuals in this Jerusalem of your responsibility as a church that haven't heard the gospel. Okay, what about what would be the, the neighboring states? Okay, has everyone received the gospel or a gospel witness um, in our country? And what about the ends of the earth? So what's our grade? What's our score? God's keeping track. God expects follow-through. He actually expects us to not be slack about this and follow through. And by the way, I, I don't want to confuse anyone. I'm not talking about everyone receiving the gospel and, and being saved. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to give the message. And people are either going to accept that or reject that. But our job is to give that message of the gospel, the salvation of the world through Jesus Christ by Him and you know, faith in Him and no works. Okay, so just by your response um, and what I understand, I mean, I could tell you about the uttermost in Argentina. We actually, you know, in fact, that's, that's, that's why we, do, I mean, the, the evangelism maps, that comes from this passage, the mapping out of every county in Argentina and every city in Argentina and every province in Argentina with the population data and then matched up where all the Bible preaching, gospel uh, preaching churches were and said, okay, well, according to that, to have 50,000 or to one church per 50,000 people in this province, we need 24 churches. In that province, we need 250. In this city, major city, we need 15 new churches planted. In this, uh, 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 you know, Buenos Aires is so big that you have to divide it up and say, okay, well, in this county of the city, you need 12 churches. And in that county of the city, you need 15 churches. And in that county, you need only six churches. But we, we mapped it all out. And that's what the, you know, the evangelism maps, that's where this, this stuff comes from. That's what I'm saying. It's been a challenge to me because, um, you know, keeping score. So, so I'm asking you, so, you, you know, we said, I mean, are we winning or are we behind? Well, that was quiet. I'm not, <laughs> What I'm referring to when I say missions, when I talk about the gospel, is the gospel that is presented biblically as in uh, not a works-based salvation, not adding baptism or church attendance or any other work, but just the, the, the pure gospel of uh, by faith or you know, being saved by grace through faith. I'm talking about that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I can't speak for every single country in the world, but I've been to other countries and a lot of times you can use the same terms, but the reality is not, um, is that the terms are defined in different ways. And so you could have people talk about some words that sound similar, but they're not talking about true salvation by grace through faith. Um, and so we're behind, and I would ask you, why is that? Now, there may be many reasons, but it would appear to me 
that one of the reasons, and I think it's a major reason why we have not followed through, why we have not accomplished the task, is because we're being slack. We are not putting forth the effort that the task demands, that it deserves. That means we're not giving the amount of money that is necessary to fund the mission. That means we're not sending out enough laborers into the field. They were all gathered in Shiloh and comfortable, and God was saying, you need to spread out and do what I told you. There are too many Christians that are just seeking comfort and not seeking what is the will of God and how can I follow through. I would, I would submit to you that as churches generally, and I don't know you personally, and I don't know this church personally, but I would say in general, Christians are not putting forth the effort that this great task demands. Now, why are we not putting forth the effort? I would submit to you that part of that is because we're not keeping score. We're happy with a participation trophy. We're not playing to win. We don't even think it's actually possible to win. We don't think that's even a thing that can happen. But part of, part of the reason we're not playing, we're not keeping score. We're just, oh, well, I'll just put in, you know, the, gospel, the Great Commission will not be accomplished by spare change uh, and, or spare time and pocket change. We're not going to accomplish this great task if we just sort of, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll put in a little effort. There's a difference when you're playing to win. Not, and just think about sports for a second, okay? I mean, if you're up by 50 points, I understand slacking off. You know what I mean? I understand kind of like taking it easy. We're, hey, we're up by 50 points, you know. We're, 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 this thing is easy. Or if it's a practice in August, you know, maybe it makes sense that you goof off a little bit, right? But think about when, when the score, when the game is on the line. Let's say it's playoffs. Let's say it's football, right? It's playoffs. It's the fourth quarter. You're behind. You're down. Think about the effort that athletes put into this, and they, they throw their body on the line. They, you see quarterbacks you know, jumping over and, and trying to you know, go over linemen. And, and, and you, you see just an amazing amount of effort put forth because they know the score. They know what's at stake. I don't think the average Christian knows what's at stake, that the world is lost, and that most people are lost in this world and that most people have never even heard the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. And because we're not keeping score, we don't put forth the effort and we don't play to win. Think about how much you would give if you were really trying to accomplish the task. What kind of money would it, would it require to do this task? How many labors would we need to send? How many labors? You know, what? It's just such a great task. And like I said, I'm not trying to beat you up. You know, what they did is they got, they got organized. It's okay. Well, hey, we're, we're way behind, but we need to get organized. Let's make a plan. Let's go forward. And that's what I'm asking you to do is that if you, as an individual Christian, would have to admit and be honest that you have not been putting forth the effort that this great commission requires is that you would ask the Lord to help you not be lazy, not be slack, and that he would give you clear instructions on a clear path forward on how to be more involved and to be more strategically involved and to give forth the effort 
that this great commission deserves. That, I mean, that could look practically like you've got these, you've got this opportunity, all these beautiful, I've heard about these John and Romans that you're sending out, and, and man, I mean, just, I mean, 4,500 is a lot, but does that cover the whole area of your, you know, what you would consider your responsibility as a church? You know, man, what, what would it be like if we did, you know, more than that? You know, how many teams would we need to cover those houses? How much time would it take? We, I could go on and on with, with details, but I would just close with this thought and just ask you the same question that Joshua asked the people. How long would you be slack? You know, God's given us a great commission. He expects us to follow through and play to win and not just participate a little bit, but participate enough to actually follow through and get the job done. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, your word. I, Lord, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would cover up all human flaws in communication. And, and Lord, that you would just communicate the heart of, of, of these concepts and principles, Lord. Lord, may it not be said of this church or the people in this church that we would be lazy, that we wouldn't take your commission seriously. I pray that you would help us to take it seriously and advance. Help us, Lord, to advance practically uh, in an organized way. Lord, not, you know my heart. I'm not trying to, to beat anyone up in any sort of way. So I pray that you would take these words, that you would bless them. We ask this in the precious name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.